Thanks for downloading this podcast, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Come on, you're cool. You call it Rahel Estepur, right? Rahel Estepur. Yes, you do, because you're cool. My friend, my fan friend, saying in a Southern Baptist preacher accent doesn't make it any more true. Uh, it is free, but if you want to help fund future projects on the internet, we are, there is a chance to watch this uh, on video at gofasterstripe.com slash podcasts. Uh, so go there and uh, download that it's £3.50 an episode or you can get all 10 podcasts from this series including the Mac Fest one with Pappies for just £15 if you can't afford to, to pay for it if you don't want to pay for it you don't think you'll see why you should why should you? why should you pay for it? Uh, then just please spread the word to your friends about this podcast it'd be fantastic to get as many listeners as possible uh, I hope you enjoy the last podcast in the series I'm sad Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Welcome a man who, according to this Ouija board, is going to have sex two more times before he dies. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Did a little dance there for the people with the videos. Uh, welcome to uh, the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, this, uh, my name's Richard Herring, and this is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all of the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Estepur. Wow, fantastic, you're learning. You're much better than last week's audience. Hey! Hey! <laughs> um, uh, wow, what stuff's happened in the news this week that hasn't happened yet? Hey, oh! It's been amazing. I can't believe that someone else has died. <laughs> I'm going to just take a punt. I, I, think, I, think, I think Prince Philip and Nelson Mandela are still okay. That's my punt. If I'm wrong, sue me. Uh, so, um, uh, I don't think I've got anything else on there that I was going to talk about. I was going to talk I thought the uh, amazing thing... Oh, the thing, the thing I saw last week was um, uh, I was walking down the road in Shepherd's Bush in the middle of the day, and uh, you know those advertising uh, hoardings that are on like a truck? They go along and there's just, it's, the truck is just adverts. They had uh, an advert, a cartoon, is for Paddy Power. Have you seen this advert of a lion fucking a kangaroo? <laughs> and then saying, we didn't think it would be this tight. Uh, or we thought it'd be tighter than this I think is what what they said and the lion's looking a bit bored and the kangaroo's looking slightly distressed that's an advert they they can't put that I mean I I am disgusting and I say some awful things within the confines of this theatre there are some children here in the front row uh, but uh, you know they they make the decision to come here and see this Uh, but I kind of was quite offended by that I thought it was it's sort of an interspecial rape was going on and that's used to advertise things now it's about the British lions uh, and and also the test I think as well that the Australians are kangaroos right and uh, we're lions they're wallabies but there was a kangaroo definitely was a kangaroo in this instance so you know, it's the national symbol of Australia Jamie Foxx uh, so uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently in Australia it's the other way around if you fly into the airport there there's a there's a picture of a kangaroo fucking a lion and that's advertising uh, a betting firm that I believe is owned by the same company that owns Paddy Power. So it's like they've tried to set up a war. They're trying to get us uh, fighting against each other. Going, look, have you seen that kangaroo fucking our lion with its bifurcated penis? I know it. 
It's in the vagina and the anus at the same time. They're trying to whip us up, make us furious, and we mustn't fall for it in order to make us bet on things. But also, they were paying out for uh, the tests already, for the, uh, the rugby tests. Uh, and that was the day before Australia then beat the British Lions. So they looked a bit fucking stupid. If I ran a betting shop, I would only pay out once the events had happened. That's the first, that is the first rule of betting, uh, running a betting shop. Let's see who else we've got here. There's a man, uh, looks like he's eating a, a sandwich of some kind during... Can you see him chewing it? What are you, what are you eating? Pringles? Pringles. Then they are, They've been to court Pringles because they were trying to prove they weren't crisps. And they got away. First, this is true. I was reading about this in the paper. They went to court and then the court agreed that Pringles aren't crisps. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are if they aren't, if they aren't crisps. But then they went back to court and they are crisps. <laughs> but that's... Have you heard about the lawyers? Have you heard about that case? No. Well, what the fuck have you been doing at a university? Get working on the crisps. Are Pringles crisps? Who would say Pringles were crisps? Cheer now. Yeah. Who thinks Pringles aren't crisps? Cheer now. Well, it was a vast majority. We could have saved us... If they'd just come to the Leicester Square Theatre podcast and asked us, we could have saved them a lot of money and time. And you're, you're going to be a very rich man. He's a lawyer. You're going to be a lawyer when you, when you grow older? <laughs> you're, wearing, are you wearing tights? Is it just the light? Just wearing shorts? Yeah. You're going, to be a, you're going to become a lawyer? What are you going to do with your law degree? This is from last... He's coming again from last week. He enjoyed it so much. He's come back. He's wearing the same clothes, skank. Uh, what are you going to do with your law degree? Just stay at university. Getting off with ever younger girls. Well, you'll be getting older. They'll be staying the same age. That's the, that's the way it works at university. Uh, so, uh, socio- go to sociology. They're, they're thick in sociology. <laughs> I'll do whatever you say. You're a very good-looking young man. Well done. Uh, so uh, I think we'll get, we'll crack on after now. <laughs> Again, abusing my audience in that. How, how are the Pringles? Are they all right? Very good. Why are you eating crisps in the front or not crisps in the front row? Depending on your. Why are you eating crisps? What? Yeah. What's wrong with when you eat before you came out here? What's your name? You also ate before you came out. <laughs> bit, get a bit peckish, don't you? Sometimes. What's your name? Ewan. That's nice. got a nice smile. Look at his nice smiling face. Look at that. Oh, looks like a kind of Vulcan or something. What, what, are you, um, what do you do for a living, Ewan? Uh, I'm the services director for a software company working in London Market Insurance. You're a services director for a services company working in insurance. Yeah, how's that going? Yeah, it's all right. You can, you can see, look, you're forwarding those Pringles. That's a whole, just for himself, a one-person thing of Pringles. Are you together, you two, or is he... Well, you bought Pringles as well. Your mates. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you're together. It's good that you... No, you know, I think the two... Have you ever thought about having sex with them? When, you, when you've, got the, you've got different flavoured Pringles, you could mix those together, then use the tubes for whatever you wanted afterwards. You should think about it, don't, don't discount. You know, he's a good looking, slightly odd. I mean, let's, it's nice when you can let people at home. He's slightly, you know, he's good looking, but slight, there's something slightly odd about him. You are good looking. Just straight down the line, bang, good looking, and there's a, got, oh, I thought it was a handkerchief in your top pocket, but it's your, it's your sunglasses neatly tacked away there. It's good. I, I put mine up on my head there. That's what I do with mine. Uh, anyway, that's going nowhere. So, um,. <laughs> I think I've whipped you up into a state of excitement. So will you please welcome a man he is best known 
Uh, he played the tapir in Robbie the Reindeer, Close Encounters of the Herd Kind. <laughs> He's the second of our guests to appear. And then Russell Brand was also in that, and that's what Russell Brand is also best known for. Will you please welcome Sean Hughes, ladies and gentlemen, from Robbie the Reindeer. Yay! Um, this was uh, this was in your toilet. It's uh, mango mist. Yeah, I saw that myself. It's bit... well, I'd rather someone just went. I just did a big shit rather than someone going out and you go. Have you just been eating mangoes in there? <laughs> It's odd that I did see this myself. This is the, the, fre the air freshener for the toilet, which is needed in that dressing room. Well, no. Because uh, that, no, that dressing room, the toilet is right by uh, the... Uh, en suite, they call it. Well, it's en suite, but it's right basically in the dressing room. In fact, like, Mark, Mark Thomas, I don't think he's told you this story on the podcast, but last week he told me backstage that he once, when he'd done a charity gig here, uh, Harry Shearer had been on with his wife the, from The Simpsons and Spinal right. Tap. And they'd got that number one dressing room, which it makes it sound like it's fantastic. It's quite small. There's another dressing room. And there's two more dressing rooms on this side, oh, and everyone okay. else had to go in those two. But Mark Thomas really needed to do a shit. <laughs> and there were people in the toilets there. So before Harry Shearer arrived, he snuck into the toilet that this was in. This is, Harry Shearer's probably insisted this goes in there. It's probably why it's there. And, uh, and then as he was in the toilet, Harry Shearer and his wife <laughs> arrived in the dressing room, not knowing he was in the toilet. And he was sitting in the toilet thinking, what do I do? Do I... Somebody's eating mango in there. <laughs> but would you come out if you... He, he chose to come out, but they were a bit surprised to find a well, man yeah, in their I toilet. Guess, but it's one of those things that you have to come out at some point, so you might as well just, like, <laughs> front out. it, yeah. <laughs> so, and what... Mango mist. I don't yeah. want my, my shit covered up by a... It's a weird mango mist. Yeah, that's what I it's thought. The mist bit is what gets me. <laughs> Why, I don't mind something like lavender or something, but not a food, you know, that's... <laughs> That's my only problem. With it's that. okay, going, mmm. <laughs> as if like, you're not allowed to eat mango in the kitchen, just go, I'm sneaking upstairs, have some mango. I'm not allowed. Well, if, it's good that you brought that on because I am a little flatulent. So if, uh, if you see me spraying that, you will know uh, what's stuff. happened. I'm also glad we didn't do the shaking. Because like, I, love, I love the Graham Norton uh, show on telly. Yeah. But I just hate that when all the guests come on and then all hug each other. At the game. You were just fucking backstage. You all said hello to each other. And I like the fact that you just go, just sit down. Sit down. Yeah. I, I, saw, I saw you backstage. Just sit there and start. <laughs> I'll give you start a hug talking. at the end if you're good. Cheers, if, you, if I don't hug you at the end, that's, oh, you'll like, know it's not. It's like the Johnny Carson don't invite the guest <laughs> over. Yeah, okay. I just shun you and walk away. Do you remember much about... Uh, Johnny Carson? No, oh, yes. Robbie the Reindeer, Close Encounters of the Herd kind? Because um, we've discussed this once with uh, Russell Brand. Well, yeah. Who didn't remember much about it. Well, no, it was one of those things where I remember the, you kind of just go to a recording studio and I... Yeah, I was said that I think I had about six lines or something, and they said, "Would you mind doing fifteen other characters?" <laughs> and I said, "And without telling me, and said if you could do Scottish for him and I, I said, I can't fucking do accents." <laughs> and like, like I'm an idiot, they're kind of going, "Ooh, come and, and they're going, "Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that one." And I ended up like just trying to do stupid voices. But I don't know, people just assume to go, well, he's a comic, he must be able to do loads of stuff. I mean, my, my skill set is to be depressed about life, and that's all I can do. 
it's fair enough. Yeah. I'm hoping to get the whole cast of Robbie the Reindeer, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Herd kind on over the course of this. Well, that's that's a weird thing when you like. I wasn't expecting that, but weirdly, I did a a, a kids film years ago with uh, Ricky Tomlinson right. called The Greatest Store in the World. And if you've got kids, kids love this film. But now, uh, like, because it was about 15 years ago, now I meet people who are 20 and go, oh, I'm a big fan of your work, and I go. <laughs> So what show did you see when you were the elf in that film? <laughs> and, you know, you're thinking they love your comedy, but people yeah. just love you from being an elf. So uh, I once played the voice of a spider in a in an ed, BBC educational program. I wrote the script and then I said, "Can I be the spider?" And um, then I did record it all the spider the spider going up into a into a plug hole and stuff. And then the, apparently the tape went wrong and. And they, then they got someone else to do it. They didn't, the tape went wrong and they didn't then go, do you want to come back in and do it again? Because the tape went wrong. But you they wrote the, it though. They went the tape. Well, I wrote it and then I did it. And then they went, oh, the tape went wrong. But someone else is going to record. I think the tape didn't go wrong. Sure. I, think, I think they didn't like my personification of the spider. Yeah, but I, surely if you're the writer, you could say, no, I'm doing it. Or you're not getting the script. No, because it, it was already there. I'd given the scripts in. I had one of my most embarrassing things. I did a, another TV thing. Uh, it was uh, Rubber Dubbers. Has anyone heard that, Rubber Dubbers? Yeah. And again, it's for preschool and it's bath time. It's a really good show. But I remember, like... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not for you, but it's just, you know... <laughs> just, I don't have to contextualise everything. <laughs> you wouldn't enjoy it. But, um, but no, because I remember, like, I remember very much uh, going in... Because I was told, oh, they want, they want to meet you to do this part. And I just went, you know, it's like... A kid's thing, I said, I'm not that bothered. And I was really hungover and didn't do any prep at all. And I went in and they wanted me to read for this character. And I started reading for it. And they, they were really sweet. And they gave me the best acting note I've ever had in my life. So I read it. <laughs> and, and they just went, oh, that's not really great. In fact, none of those, none of that made any sense, actually. Could you speak English? Oh, yeah, okay. But then they said to me, um, says, look, this is for children uh, who are two. Uh, you're speaking from your head. Can you speak from your heart? Because they'll really love that. And I just went, oh, my God, what a brilliant note and uh, I said yeah okay okay and I took a few minutes and then I redid it and they didn't realise their mic was still on so I did it with all my heart and the one guy just turned to me and went I didn't notice anything different there did you? <laughs> and, and I wasn't supposed to and I just went I, was like, I really was really and I, I just so wanted well I just wanted to go fuck you <laughs> I didn't want to do this job in the first place but we, I, I got the job in the end but, and I only told them that a year later after doing it but oh god that was really the most like that was like I, well, that's worse than any heckle I've ever had in my life um, I, I must tell you actually just talking about heckles my favourite heckle ever now is uh, in, in Edinburgh last year I, I went to see this show which was really rubbish and I, and I just left after five minutes and the guy who runs it a guy, Rupert, you know, uh, who runs yeah. things for the BBC. Yeah. Uh, so it was a BBC thing, but it just the show wasn't, wasn't any good. And I just left and I was talking to Rupert about how rubbish it was. And then this, this uh, multiple cirrhosis guy came out with his wheelchair and his carer, fuming. And he was just going... And I, and I was just thinking, like, most people could just go, oh, that was a shit show. But he really wanted to make a lot of effort to tell you it was shit. And he went all his heart and go, Shit! Uh, and he was telling me, and I said, oh, well, Rupert actually arranged this. You should talk to him. <laughs> And, uh, and Rupert just didn't know how to deal with a guy like that. So I mean, he was like Woody Allen and Broadway down the road going, any tickets for any show, I swear, you can have that. <laughs> and, then, uh, and so then this guy, he was a lovely guy actually, and he came to see my stand-up show the next night. Yeah. And obviously he's in the front because that's where uh, people in wheelchairs are. And I said, oh, do you mind if I tell you that story about it? And he, so I told that story and he laughed. But then he gave me the best heckle ever, he just went, I said, and he said that. And he, at the end of the story he just went, ah! 
It wasn't me. <laughs> and, and every time I tell the story, people just go, yeah, but was it though? <laughs> yes, it was. So even now, every time people just go, they're thinking, but was it though? <laughs> He's got me. What a brilliant guy, I tell you. I once had a, 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 a shameful experience for myself in the, uh, in the change rooms at a, a gym. I go to the gym, so, Sean, you seem to, uh, to not believe that when we were backstage. <laughs> I just and, wanted uh, to ask. <laughs> and, uh, and I came out and I already had a bit of a weird experience. And I'd seen this guy in the swimming pool. And it's like they, they had a class for... Um, like usually, it's like middle-aged women who go and dance in the pool. You know the aqua. It's called aerobics, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and this guy was there, <laughs> but he was going. Hey, he was This guy I just <laughs> love dancing anywhere. This guy was doing it all wrong. He just seemed to be staring at the women, and I thought, you know, I thought well, that's a, he's a bit weird. He's just gone there to not even pretend to do the thing, and he's just gawping at all the middle-aged women in there, which is also slightly an, an acquired taste. And I came, I came into the. Um, I came into the changing rooms, into the showers, and as I walked past the showers, there was another guy in the showers with the door open, standing, facing outwards. So he's showering, facing yeah. outwards, which is quite weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a tumescent, either a very large penis or a tumescent penis. I think with you, a door I think you say either a very large penis or a very small body. <laughs> So I was, I was slightly shaken up because this guy, and I was just in the showers on the, the yeah. next one down on my own, and this guy had obviously wanted me to see his penis, and I was, you know, I, don't, I didn't mind, I had a look. I wasn't that interested. And then the other guy Did came... you tell him? <laughs> Not that interested now. And then the guy from the swimming pool came in, and, uh, and I was sort of shaken up by this thing that was coming out, and then he said... Um, shaken up? Are you I, was shaken up. <laughs> I was shaken up by being in the showers. I thought this guy might, the next thing, this guy might be coming into the shower and get me. Right. And then the other guy this came This was in. the prison gym. Yeah. <laughs> And the other guy came out of the swimming pool and then he said, I've got multiple sclerosis. Will you take my swimming trunks down for me? <laughs> so that I can... You have fell for that one. <laughs> but I didn't, I, I didn't fall for it. I was really... Again, I was more shaken. Up when I just went, oh, no, no, and then kind of walked off. And then felt terrible because the guy clearly did have multiple sclerosis and, uh, and he'd bravely come out to the gym on his own and then he couldn't do this thing and I've been and you know I do lots of work for Scope and I should be you don't mention it much I though. should be uh, I've raised like quarter of a quarter of a million pounds for them still haven't got a uh, if it was if I gave you quarter of a million pounds and you had free parking passes you'd give me one of those yeah you yeah, had unlimited yeah. amount I said look as long, Sean, as, as, long as you can live with yourself that's fine there's... So I felt very embarrassed, but then I think he put me in. I think that's an odd situation. It's, it's a bit well, of a yeah, but odd I, situation to I, be in, isn't it? The reason I don't go to the gym is... Uh, because of that. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> that, would, case a man that would make me stop going on a weekly basis. <laughs> but I, I don't go because uh, the gym I went to, there was... Uh, I might as well say who it was. It was, it was Jazz from Madness. And, uh, and he went to the same gym. And he, he's like that guy who likes to just hang out yeah. naked. And yeah. I just go, no, it's, it's to take your clothes off and to put them on. You don't this is not just a nudist Connolly and, and, I, like, and as I say I don't really like gyms at the best of time but I went in there and Chaz was in there at one time and I, I've never really gotten over this but he was in there drying his ass hair with a hair dryer yeah <laughs> and I, I there was no warning I just didn't know and I was quite, quite literally going, hey, how you doing? Do you have a nice swim? And I just went, no, I'm, I'm never coming back. And I've seen, I haven't seen, I don't think I've ever seen any member of Madness doing that, but I have seen other people doing that. And I'm putting like... The, it would have been all right if he was going, our house, you know, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> there was none of that. My ass in the middle of my <laughs> buttocks. Uh, but, Put uh, your baggy trousers on, you. <laughs> show off. It does make you feel, even though the hairdryer hasn't, still hasn't touched the, the anus hair, it still makes you feel it's kind of contaminated, doesn't it? By even, even though the hairdryer's going in that direction, it well, still no, feels I, like some of the uh, ass no, I wasn't even gonna, vapors will have come. I, I wasn't going to use the hairdryer, it was just a disgusting thing to see. Yeah, I just... <laughs> That's something that's going to be my rape spray <laughs> in, the, in the gym. It is odd that people would do that in that, you know, in the open. But I've seen guys put like the hand, you got this hand moisturiser there sometimes, and just guys coating their entire body and buttocks openly in the in the public bit. Yeah, everywhere. I just like that's why I, I'm not in any shape because I don't I don't like I really don't like nudity at all. Right. And uh, I went. I went to uh, Baritz once. To uh, it was like a weekend of like you know chilling out with you know kind of massage type thing, like all health induced stuff. But I can't speak a word of French, so I went into this room, and this woman obviously started speaking French. And I was going, "What?" And I, I didn't know what the treatment was. It was some kind of like you know relaxing water based thing. And she said to me, "I'm going what?" And then she went, oh, and then just got a hose and started like like a riot policeman, just <laughs> I'm flinging against walls like. A, which I think you need a bit of warning for that kind of stuff. <laughs> and like, she might just think, I'm just going to take the piss out of this guy. Because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't go to the people and say, we can't speak English. And, is that supposed to happen? <laughs> but anyway, that's, so yeah, I don't like, uh, that's what all I'm saying is I don't like to be nude in any situations. And I, I, to, I did a, I did a, I did that film, uh, Pacoon, you know, the Spike Milligan yes, film. Yeah, yeah. I, I played him in that. And uh, I had to do a nude scene in that. And uh, and it was ridiculous. It was uh, basically, I'd just do a scene. And it was quite a nice line, so I didn't mind. But it's the day of my wedding, so I'm just wearing a top hat and completely naked. And I just go, she's getting value for money. And uh, and she's not, because I'm not that well endowed, to be fair. But and, like, the thing is, it wasn't a sex scene, so I'm the only one in the whole production naked. And they, they had an extra who, uh, who was playing my father. And uh, so he had to come in and go whatever my name in the film, like, all right, Stan, are you ready? And that was his line. And he kept on calling me Sean. So he did 15 takes. I'm like, I'm fucking naked here. <laughs> Just get it right. So, but you kind of... Oh. He must have been distracted by your news. <laughs> no, I don't that. think so. No. No. But you honestly, weren't that guy in my gym. <laughs> Definitely not if you weren't well endowed. You had a massive... Yeah, but I just think that could have been in your mind as well. Like, he probably wasn't that well endowed. Why was he? Why would Maybe you shower with the door? Like why just... would you shower with the door open? And why would you shower with your back to the shower? No one does that. That's that's you're only doing that in the hope that a man will come past and go, "Ooh, hello." Yeah, that's just that's someone so... who's watched quite a bit of porn. Yeah, <laughs> that says that. No. And then would be slightly disappointed by a fat Somerset man coming in. <laughs> Is that, band, you, is that how you see yourself? Yeah. Oh, like, but can you pull down? I can't even pull down my own trunks in this porn film. <laughs> you have to pull them down for me. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah, that was that's. That's, that's an introduction. Heard kind covered then. I think that's where that came from. Um, <laughs> um, I, I know this is very exciting. You, you're, you're to first TV show, Sean show. Yeah. Uh, Victor Maguire was in that show. Yeah. From, he plays Ron in Goodnight Sweetheart. Well, yeah, he was in... Br- <laughs> he, was, uh, he was in Bread as well. He was in Bread. I'm not interested yeah. in Bread, that okay. wasn't it. There was no time travel element. <laughs> Did you ever challenge Victor Maguire about the, in, the inconsistencies in time travel 
<laughs> in good, it was about the same time. He was probably working on Good Night Sweetheart. Yeah, then coming no, across that's, to that's you. exactly what you just thought. That, that I would have had to have been in a time travel situation no. myself to ask him. But that was much later. It was 1993. Was when Good Night Sweetheart started, and you also. That's when Sean Show also started. 1993. Well, no, he, he did it after that, so I couldn't have asked him. So <laughs> I would have been a right old fucking. Hey, I can. <laughs> hey, Vic, the future, yeah. <laughs> did you ever ring him up after you saw Good Night Sweetheart and well, say, Victor? Why, why is, why, why is Gary Sparrow? Well, what sometimes things change. I didn't see it. What happened? Sometimes, well, I've got, you know, we haven't got the whole podcast to talk about. No, but Good no. night, sweetheart. What was your problem with it? Well, sometimes he would go. Gary Sparrow would come back to the past. And then when he went to the future, things would have substantially changed. Sometimes he changed things, and nothing really changed. What in his so personal life? In, or one, in, the world? in one of them, he has a he goes he has a son, and then he he meets his son in the future, and his life's terrible. So he goes back to the past again and changes loads of stuff, and then his son's successful. It's played oh. by Ian Lavender, Dad's Army fame. Yeah. He's shaking in his boots with the curse of Dad's Army, <laughs> surely about to get to him. Uh, if if Ian Lavender has died this week, I, I, that was not it was recorded before his death. Just because I nearly predicted the death of Mick Ashton from Time Team. It got close, very close. Um, it doesn't matter. You were disappointed. It, does, it doesn't I'm bored of Good Night Sweetheart, but it's, it should. But you used to watch it, though. I love it. I, no, I, didn't, I, I watched it a bit. I used to watch it a bit, but then I started watching it uh, on, in the ITV3 repeats, which is weird because it was a BBC what, show. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's on all the time. I used to watch every. Uh, it's on about five o'clock every night, and I used to watch it. And I got through about three circles of it <laughs> and then someone gave me the DVD box set so I don't need to well I think that's quite sweet that you yeah. like that well I don't like it I hate it so it's but I think it's a missed opportunity I think it could have been like the life on Mars of the 1990s but then they do this stupid sort of fast sitcom inconsistencies and it's inconsistent and, and Nicholas Linders who I hope to get as a guest one day on this podcast is fucking shit yeah. it? well I want to get him on so I can go, Nicholas Linders, why the fuck? You are so badly miscast. Yeah, but he's one of those actors that insists when he does interviews of doing... Uh, like, it's like when you see those soap actors, like your woman who played Pat Butcher. Yeah. Every time she does an interview, she, she puts on a really posh accent <laughs> to just show what a good actress she is. Going, hey, yes, when I played Pat, it was... Uh, and you go, no, you're acting now. Pat is you. <laughs> And I think Nicholas is the Rodney, isn't he? He is Rodney. Yeah, and then he, he's acting the other all the rest of the time. Because yeah. he does always play really posh or everything else. Yeah, well, he? he plays posh and he's meant to be so, so sexy that, you know, all, all these women fancy him. But it's Nicholas Linders. He does, <laughs> but, you know, he puts on these 1940s suits and they just sort of hang off him like he's a... <laughs> He must be about 60 now. Everyone's still... <laughs> see, but that's the... Because Only Fools Nonsense is so popular. People... Because I get it all the time. And yeah. I don't know if you do. If you were on telly and you're not on telly as much, people... Like, you know, if, if you meet a relation and stuff, you, you'll be thinking, I'm oh, fucking hell, they put on a bit of weight. But you, you don't say to them, but because people... They come up to me. I go, you seem to have put a bit of weight on the last 30 years. <laughs> and I'm sure people go to Nicholas Lennon and go, you look a bit old, don't you? <laughs> he's not 18 anymore, he's, he's 70. <laughs> Rodney's eight. Rodney's here, he's 70. You should always carry a mirror around with you because these people don't realise that you've got to go, look at yourself. They go, ah, I'm I not... have also aged, no! Not... But you get that much though. Uh, well, yeah, people look a bit cheeky. 
But you know, I've, but, but I saw, I saw fatter when I'm getting back to. I was fatter when I was on TV, then I got kind of thinner, and I, I sort of go up and down. So people go, "Oh, you've got fat, or you've got thin," like quite a lot of the time. So it's kind of I'm confusing. <laughs> I'm like a kind of Barber Papa figure. Like, like, I'm like a new time travel, isn't new it? New schmoo figure. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, audience. Well, one person. That's I, I what don't. I'm about. I don't want two people know what I'm talking about. What, what's a, what is a sh- new schmoo? Don't remember the new schmoo? Is that another sitcom? No, it's a cartoon from the 1970s that only I and a very select group of people <laughs> recall. Uh, there was never a schmoo show. So it was, it was, but it was the new schmoo show. It's like they'd. <laughs> I don't know if in America there'd been a shmoo show and they gone, this isn't quite working out. But what was it? There's the new shmoo. It was a bit like a little Barber Papa. Do you remember Barber Papa? No, you're just making a lot of this shit up. <laughs> what? No, I, re- I remember the little thing that went, ah, ah, and it could, it was a little white sort of, it looked like a cock and balls, basically, like, like a white cock and balls. It sounded like Johnny Lydon's <laughs> new album. <laughs> I remember from my childhood the programs were Shangalang. Yeah, my sister Basie liked Rollers. that because you're a little bit older than me. What six months? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big Bay City Rollers. Fan. Yeah, yeah. That, that like that kind of six months when they were big and then they just disappeared, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah, I liked Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah, yeah. Quicker, everyone quicker than the no, human that's eye. No good. See, that's no good because everyone remembers it. New schmoo. What about uh, Rocket Robin Hood? Everyone. This is what you've got to be aiming for, Sean. This is the future of comedy. Don't go Hong Kong food. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. No, fucking get them and get them with something no, none of them know. Alias the gesture, half the people. See, more people know it, but that's too many. That's too many to make are a th- successful all, joke. Are these all kids' programs? Yeah, yeah. Because right. also, I was brought up in Ireland, so we didn't actually have television. <laughs> <laughs> no, because seriously, we had a, we just had the Irish television. Then, then we got, we, when we got the English chance, we used to call it the pipe. Quite literally, people go, we got the pipe. And, and <laughs> not to say, but, but pipe television was when you started getting like, and the, the, weird, the worst thing was we used to get from BBC Northern Ireland, and we had nothing to do with Northern Ireland, like you know. And what was worse is I'm, I'm a big football fan, and what you don't realise is when you get the BBC from Northern Ireland, when the football results come on, and I support Crystal Palace, so obviously uh, when on, on a Saturday on BBC Northern Ireland after the Premier, it was Division One then, when those results come, they just cut to the Northern Ireland results, and so you're going, I wonder how Palace did, and then it's going, uh, you know, it's going Arsenal too. He said, hey, welcome to uh, BBC Northern Ireland, uh, Glen Torren 2. Uh, I go, I don't fucking care about Glen Torren. <laughs> and we used to have to listen to the local news all Is the time. Is that mainly what caused the troubles? Mostly. Only they'd given Division 1, Division 2. That was the big bulk of it, and, and cheaper petrol. <laughs> <laughs> Which affected even petrol bombs to a degree. Right, he didn't. Was what is he like in real life, Victor Maguire from Goodnight Sweetheart? Was, um, is he like Ron from? Is he like Ron from Goodnight Sweetheart, or is he um, different? Well, I, I didn't see that program. Well, I know, but, but he was. He didn't travel in time, but he was. He was. He <laughs> was he the kind of bloke that if you could travel in time, oh, geez, you would be able to take advantage of his goodwill quite a lot, um, and he would print happily print up money and stuff and and help you uh, have sex with someone in well, the 1940s. No, or would he be different in real life? Would he be different than that? Well, there's no point in me getting the box there. You've ruined all those plots. Um, he was a lovely guy. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the first... When we, when we cast, he was one... The second he came in, we just went, yeah, he's got the part straight away. So, uh, yeah, he was... He's a very funny guy. I oh, think, yeah, like, very natural. He was too good for Goodnight Sweetheart. 
I think everyone was no, by no, your they were, they were, uh, Many of them weren't, especially the, you should read the replacement women were not good enough. They were, they were not too good for Goodnight Sweetheart. In the third, fourth series, they changed Dervla Kerwin and um, uh, Emma Amos. No, she was the one who changed. I can't remember the, the original actress's name. Uh, they changed them for different actresses, but you'd have to be. Who would go and take over those roles that yeah. were defined yeah. by uh, uh, Elizabeth Carling and Emma Amos are the answers to that question? They would. Emma they Amos would, was in it. Yeah. Oh, because she I was didn't... good. And I like Derva Kerwin. If I could go, I'm, got, I'm going to do. A, I'm writing a sitcom about a man who lives now, who is obsessed. Like with good, it. Who's lived? Who's obsessed? <laughs> it's good. I like it. It's more, where, is there any commissioners in? <laughs> a man who lives now. That's uh, recommission the second series. It'll be the future then, but I like it. But he's obsessed with Goodnight Sweetheart, but hates he hates Goodnight Sweetheart, but he's obsessed with it. Right. And he starts taking over his life. And then he goes start to... Start to lose some of the sheen already now. <laughs> and then he find, he goes to the Duckett's Passage, which is where... Uh, they could travel through time. And, and he you're goes, out of the office now. <laughs> he goes through there. The BBC and shot you with a car park. He goes back to the set of Goodnight Sweetheart. So to begin with, he fancies Dervla Kerwin, but once she moves on, he then changes yeah. over to Emma Amos. Uh, but also, there's a question. I, in mine, it would be a psychological thriller. We, and many of these people are bored, because I did, a couple of weeks ago, I did explain this in great detail <laughs> to Edgar Wright, the film director, hoping he would immediately go, fuck, I'm going to have to make this film. I, th I just assumed he would drop his microphone and go, look, stop the podcast, Rich. I have to make this film. Fuck the rest of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I have to make Goodnight, Sweetheart. Goodnight, Sweetheart. Goodnight, Sweetheart. I was either going to call it Goodnight, Goodnight, Sweetheart, Sweetheart. Or, or what was it? The E17 song. Stay Another Day. See, that was a great title. But then, then, but then in my version, the man isn't sure whether he's gone mad because he was so obsessed with Goodnight Sweetheart already. Right. <laughs> and then for he's imagining all of the Goodnight Sweetheart stuff. You know I stopped listening about two minutes ago. <laughs> so what, what, do you think Victor McGuire... Really? I'm serious. Do you think Victor McGuire would be in the film? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Without a shadow of a doubt. Because he's, he's good. Uh, and Dervla and... Uh, Emma. I don't know if Dervla would because she wouldn't even be in some of the series. Of she, was in the, uh, she was in the... <laughs> so she, she wouldn't go in this spin-off. She, she was in the kids' film that I did. That oh, was the greatest story in the world, yeah. yeah. Because uh, uh, if you work with Ricky Tomlinson, she wasn't in uh, Close Encounters of the Herd kind, was she? Because yeah. then I'd have to have her on the show to interview. To, <laughs> that is my like Dave, my new Dave Gorman style show. I'm going to do get the whole cast. It's more like Justin Lee Collins. It's something like Justin Lee Collins would do, isn't it? The kind of thing he would do. Well, he. So uh, <laughs> that's what I aspire to do. The kind of the kind of thing. <laughs> You were in 89 episodes of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Was it that many? Yeah. yeah. Right. According to the, uh, in the uh, database thing, IMDB. Okay. Weren't you tempted to go for the 100? Bill Bailey did exactly 100 episodes. Did he? And then he quit. I don't know if he did that deliberately. Well, but... I couldn't have done that because I, I gave him a series notice that I was quitting. Yeah. So I couldn't say, well, I'll come back for another 11. <laughs> yeah. Or even the one to make of the 90. No, like, it, was, it was fun, but like, it was one of the first... Uh, panel shows before panel shows became quite sickening really but it was um, but we were kind of doing the same show every week and yeah. you know so I'd, I'd hate to be in that situation wouldn't you I don't, it fuck, really fucked me off if I, that just became my life same story every week and it was just that thing of like I thought I was old then like you know 35 just pretending I like Bon Jovi and stuff and I, I just I couldn't believe it like because people would go uh, how do you know the intros to every song I go 
fucking don't. They show me them just before I go on. <laughs> <laughs> As if like, I'm going, yeah, I just thought, I, like, I know the intro of every song ever. <laughs> I wonder what's on the car. Oh, that's not even lucky. I knew them anyway, no matter what they were. But I used to do that thing of, uh, to try and keep it real, you know, is by being quite lazy and still not doing any work into it. So they do the intros and I'd be going, oh, something like, and go, it's not, let's stop the recording. John, could you go back and listen to it again? And then do it. But it was, um, yeah, no, I kind of, I just, like, it, it was a lot of fun, but we Didn't weren't. it annoy you, the title of the show? It's a very bad title. And also, it's Buzzcocks, not the Buzzcocks. Then the band is called Buzzcocks. Yeah, we so get annoyed be never, about different If you were going to do it, if you're going to call it that, it doesn't make sense anyway. Well, never mind the bollocks sort of thing. So why never mind the buzzcocks? It doesn't make sense. But if you're going to do it, it's never mind buzzcocks. Yeah, but it was a hybrid, wasn't it? It's not. It doesn't make sense. It's a rubbish title. I would have walked. Yeah. I'd have walked out there and then. I've said either but that you, title goes or I go. But you were a guest on it, weren't you? I have done it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember you. <laughs> I don't, I, forgot. You, I don't remember you kicking up a fuss. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> they said it's a thousand pounds. I went, all right. I, 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 I tell you what's, uh, what's slightly annoying is I don't like that cheese guy from Blur. And now they're re-showing, <laughs> they're re-showing old clips of the Buscox on telly now. Are, and, yeah. uh, so he's part of my life and I don't like that at all. He's, he's, over, like, he's voice-overing some of my life. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of mean. Because I, I didn't want him to have anything to do with my life. I went out of my way so that wouldn't happen. And now he says my name on television. Yeah, like he gonna... said my name on television the other day. I was excited because he makes cheese and stuff. <laughs> well, that bloke who's made cheese, he's also said my name. Yeah, but... And he's, you know, sung on, played music on some of the Blur songs. See, I would have I had respect for him if he went off and did make cheese. And you never heard of him again, except for at, if you were at a cheese fair. But he isn't. He just wants to be famous. And I just thought, it's none of my business. But I just, why do you want to be famous? for just being famous yeah cheese I'm allergic to cheese as well so maybe that's uh... you're not like you're allergic to cheese yeah when I eat cheese my uh... news headlines <laughs> my, my cheeks start Could you start sweating. crying when you're saying I'm allergic I want to eat some cheese once uh, and then ask me a question and I'll break down <laughs> okay how um, what's wrong what's the problem with cheese oh Jesus Christ <laughs> I love cheese, but I can't live without it. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Zoom in on that. <laughs> Would you say your problem with cheese has ever tried to make you kill yourself in um, any way? I think if I, if I, <laughs> if you gave me an extremely strong blue cheese, I probably yeah. would die. Right, and it would be, you know, I, if I kind of accepted the chance I'd probably it would be suicide yeah don't ever if you don't do what Chris Addison Chris Addison keeps blue cheese in a cupboard rather than in a fridge and we we talked about this the other week it seems so long ago now uh, and uh, we ate it every night in Edinburgh and we I basically started hallucinating like I was on magic mushrooms and we realised after that it was because it hadn't been properly stored <laughs> And so it nearly did kill well, me. You have to keep it in the fridge. Well, you better keep cheese in the fridge, yeah, really, ideally, <laughs> rather than the cupboard, like we live in the 15th century. Well, in the fridge. <laughs> but if you put it in the fridge, you'll be fine. Okay. You'll be fine. Um, you've done lots you of... Know, I see them at farmer's markets, they're not in the fridge. But you, you, know, you can keep it out of the fridge for a little while. Like when, for example, when you're eating it, <laughs> you can, you can you, take it out. It's not just open <laughs> 
have to get down like some kind of small mammal, gnawing it in. So, when you get home tonight, what will your snack be? That you know, if you were going for a snack yeah, at home, I'll well, probably either sometimes have a little bagel at night time. Night bagel, time, yeah. That's, oh, that's pretty so, much like time travel in itself. <laughs> oh, so that's a morning food. I wouldn't say so. I think it's very nice. A bit of Marmite on a very bagel. Very much a morning food, a bagel. I quite like... If I have all the stuff in, what I really like to have... If all I'm the stuff hungry, in for a bagel. <laughs> well, I need a bagel, I need some butter, I need some Marmite. Well, I've had the bagel and I'm going to write that sitcom about a guy who lives now. <laughs> Don't disturb me, love. If I also... It's very rare I have all these things. An apple and some pickled onions. That is the perfect supper. An apple? Yep. If you put all those things together, fucking bliss. <laughs> Got to be a nice uh, multi-seed uh, bagel. Right. But Weetabix, otherwise. I like Weetabix, Weetabix, yeah. Have Weetabix when I go to... I, uh, we used to, in Dublin when we were kids... A few, we few to... Weetabix fans at the back oh, there. Yeah, yeah, that's why I am. Absolutely. There was... Uh, we, when, when we lived in Dublin, we used to have Spanish students come over to learn English. It wasn't like... None of us went to Spain, by the way. I didn't, <laughs> never really fully understood that. But we were really impressed by them, so we'd invite them around to our house. And I remember one guy, he used to always come up to us and he thought Weetabix were biscuits. <laughs> and you just, just put butter on them and go oh, yeah, I've really seen, nice. yeah I've seen that that's, that's very dry it's very <laughs> you couldn't have many of those or you'd need a big quantity of he, liquid he never came back he would have just thought those Irish people are savages <laughs> <laughs> no wonder there was a famine if only there'd been Weetabix around then things history could have been very different no I think they find that's exactly do you think the Irish people would have just gone sorry there's no milk we can't eat those Weetabix well (laughs) have to send them back what is it Weetabix is kind of a maze isn't it wheat yeah but uh, yeah but the (laughs) the Abix thing I think it's mainly made out of wheat but what you might be thinking (laughs) what's maize I think you're thinking of maize bits (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're made out they're they're more corn based or corn but what maize I think you're thinking of yeah but so what what is maize? maize But that's quite like wheat, though, isn't it? No, it's a very, very different thing. Well, explain it to me, then. Wheat is a grass. And I you... think you'll find your... No. <laughs> the line, and you pick Where it on the top. Where do you live? Crush what park up, do you then live? Then you make wheat right. And uh, maize is also a, a kind of grass, but it's yeah. like corn. Corn on the cob. <laughs> am I correct, uh, nerds? Lawyer, that... am I correct? Legally correct? I'm legally... A lawyer is great. <laughs> nuclear physicist, have I got the nuclear physicist? Yep, I've got that right. So what, it's just corn, yeah. wheat? You know, like a corn on the cob, I don't know if you have those yeah, in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. No, but uh, it's always like whenever... Like, they're always... When Bob Geloff's giving food to Africa, it's always maize. Right. <laughs> no, but they always go, we've got some maize for you. And they yeah. must be going, oh, fuck's sake, not maize again. <laughs> when are we going to get some Weetabix, Bob? <laughs> As you know, corn on the cob goes right through you as well. <laughs> it does. Is he, like, there we go. Because corn on the cob That's is the good thing about it as a, as a famine food, because you can just... <laughs> oh. What are you thinking? I didn't say it. I don't know. I, if, there's a, if you've got any problem, it's your own dirty minds. Because it's just a very nutritious food, is what I was going to say. So if you thought anything different... Yeah, come on. You're the weird one here. <laughs> Went, er, before I said the bit about eating out of your own shit. So you thought you can't have a go at me? You thought that? You disgust me. Yeah, I, I can't continue. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions because I noticed a lull. Right. Just there, just for a second. We've done very well. I forgot to look what time we started, which is a problem I have uh, with this. Um, how, what it's a bit it... like uh, Goodnight Sweetheart, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, what, what would it take for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? 
It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. It's from Alma. It's a cross because it's the end of the series. That's from the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. Keith Allen. Yeah, the, the actor Keith Allen. What would you need in um, return for giving him oral sex? Well, he, he frightens me a little bit. So yeah, well, that's he, part of the reason. It's a good question. Yeah, if he said, if he said, give me oral sex in a really rough manner, I might. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of scared him. Well, I'd like you to meet our other guest tonight. One word should get Keith Allen, Nicholas Linders, I, I, Justin Lee Collins. I used to be frightened of uh, Keith Allen, but you know, he was, uh, when we, because uh, with the Nevermind the Buzzcocks, great yeah. name, by the way. You don't forget it is shit good. Like I've that. Thought of, I've thought about yeah. it again. But, you know, we, we had to pilot that with, uh, like, we weren't obviously just offered the things we had to see, and he was one of the guys who was up for being one of the captains. Who was he? Yeah, because I remember doing a pilot with him. Wow. Yeah, I sucked his cock that day as well. But <laughs> 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 <Well>, he asked. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> Uh, have you talking of sucking cocks? Yeah. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock, Sean? Um, look, I'm sure I have, but like you know, gave up very quickly when I realised that you, you can't. But yeah, <laughs> and I think I, I do remember like trying to like catch my own sperm. Yeah. Oh, everyone's done that. Come on. In what? In the mitt? <laughs> no, in the mouth. Just. Successfully, did you hear? Well, that's why I got uh, thrown out of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying his arse here. Let me do my personal stuff. <laughs> they call it madness. As you get older, there's no chance of that happening. Do you find in your 40s, there's no... Like, I'm very lucky if my, my semen doesn't really even come out the end of my penis anymore. No? It's well, like... A, it's sort of like, you know, like the progress of a stalactite or a calcified... <laughs> It, it'll come out about one centimetre every 10,000 years. Well, just, just, it might just yeah. hang on the edge of the, well, no, of the herring's eye. I don't want to do, do material, but in the new show I do talk about that because I talk about... Because when I was a kid, like a lot... Because the thing is, uh, as you know, when we were growing up, there was no internet, so people just told us if we believed that shit. <laughs> and, uh, and my brother told me that you're going to, you know, to be careful because you only have a certain amount of sperm. Yeah. And I believe that for a long time. And, yeah. like, and now, like, I'm, I'm not very sexual at the moment. And it's just that thing of... Uh, and I kind of go, well, obviously, physically, I haven't run out of sperm. But spiritually, I think I have. Because I've had sperm now in my body for 35 years. Wow. And, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so, like, a wine now would be talking vintage. Um, been keeping there for quite a while. But no, but it's but it is that thing. Now I think my, my sperm realizes that I haven't procreated ever. So my sperm's going, What's the fucking point? <laughs> there, there's no, that egg doesn't exist. What did you all about? And I think they're kind of just bit sick of mid air massacres, really. Yeah. <laughs> I just went, oh, We're not bothering anymore. Yeah. It's, a weird, it's a weird thing getting older. I think Isn't it's it? fine, it's fine. What are you worried about? I'm not really, I'm kind of relieved, really, but it's kind of odd to lose that part of Well, you life. did that thing of rushing into marriage recently, didn't I you? I did rush. <laughs> I rushed in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was joking, but I seem to have hit some 40, sort of nerve. That's 40, 44 years old when I got married, I think, uh, yeah. No, so but I'd waited a little while. And but then. yeah, I, I quite like, I think I was born to be old. I, yeah. I never enjoyed my youth. Did you enjoy your youth? Yeah. <sighs> No, no, not really. I kind of enjoyed being about 38 to 42. Yeah, but and then, you know, it's all been downhill from there. Well, so you think there's a big difference between 38 and 40? I think there is quite a big difference between... Because uh, I was talking about I was talking to Russell Brand about this because he's still about in his late 30s and he's still, 
you know... Officially. The, the, <laughs> he's still putting it about a little bit, I would imagine. Yeah. And he's also quite saw him trying yeah. to do it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I think when you get a bit... I don't know, maybe it's just... You know, it might be that I'm married and I have different concerns. But yeah, but... Yeah, but I think maybe my body's just kind of gone, that's all right. It's kind of... It, you, it's the summertime and there are young people walking yeah. around who are attractive. And I look at them and I go, yeah, no. But surely that's what you did in your 20s as well. Thank, oh, thank God. What? Surely that's what you did in your 20s well, as well. Well, I did as well. Yeah, nothing happened then either. So no, there, was a, there, was a great, there was a great period between about the age of 38 and 40 but, where I could have sex with people and then it's, cool, it's all But do you on. think it's that weird thing of, at our age that if, you, if you're actually even caught looking at someone younger going, you disgust, you know, just, just for looking at people. <laughs> do you feel like, oh, I'm going to look at people now? Do you feel, yeah, I don't. But I actually also think I don't care anymore as well. That's the, I think in the past, you if, if you were walking on a beach and were like naked women sunbathing I'd go ooh and look away now I go well they're going to put it out there for free I'm going to have a look <laughs> you might come and I don't care you used to what look away when you I'd, in... I'd be really embarrassed by the nudity and you know and the, it'd, be, it'd be an odd thing to see when you're young isn't it but, but when what, you get when older you're like six 26 26 <laughs> well because you're worried about people I think you're concerned that people might think you're a pervert if you look at an attractive person in the nude which I would say that probably doesn't make you a pervert I think that probably makes you a normal person so you would look away but now I just sort of think but, but okay. we are I think our generation is like it's in our generation because we're the kind of Peter Pan we refuse to grow up like look at us the way we're dressed we're not dressed as adults <laughs> you know to be fair and it is you know it is that thing of we just refuse to ever really yeah take part in society as such yeah it's rubbish isn't it you should grow up, should grow up. why don't you grow up what, it's, no, I... what do you mean no look at him he's about 54 years old <laughs> because I, like, I still I love uh, I still love practical jokes which is a ridiculous thing at my age but I still like I, last time I was on holiday um, and it, you know when you're having a meal and there's a bit of a lull in the kind of Conversation. It wasn't really working out, and I, and the guy came over, the swarthy guy, to sell you the roses, the guilt trip you to buy the roses. So I was with a girlfriend on holiday, and the guy came over and says, oh, "Roses for the lady." And I just went, "No, it's okay. She's a prostitute." <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I just thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Well, I, did she find that amusing? No, of course she didn't. Did, but enjoy that... it so much. <laughs> But, uh, but the, it was worth it for the laugh, though. No, right? It was worth the it. Fact the, that, laugh. the fact that she didn't find it funny, I found hilarious. Yeah, and yeah it, you should meet my my wife's like that. She doesn't like me making jokes like that. I love doing that. She yeah, doesn't, she doesn't of, find me funny at all. But I, that wasn't funny. But I just couldn't resist no. doing that. And I'll, yeah. I'll always do stuff like that. I just like a real child. Like there's a little trick I learnt recently, which is great. If you're in a car. Uh, if, if your partner's driving because you, you know our phones are so cool now just take a picture with the flash on just have it down like this and just go like, oh fuck camera's got you <laughs> it's just brilliant <laughs> well that's ruined the night isn't it that's 30 quid and 3 points <laughs> but honestly that's a brilliant one to do I love that another one I love doing in the, in the car <laughs> but this, this is I'll say I think it's funnier a 47 year old boy, guy doing it like if you're 20 you just got to grow up but when you're 47 it's hilarious <laughs> and the other thing I love doing is when <laughs> if you're driving your car and, and, you, and you're in traffic lights <laughs> traffic light, just wind down the window over there because they'll look over and then uh, the guy who's in the next car will assume they want to talk to them and they're, they're like <laughs> and they do that <laughs> you go what <laughs> I just really fun. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love it. I love it. 
Talking of uh, practical jokes and party tricks, uh, we were backstage with Izzy Sooty. He's been hanging around for a week. It's I know, yeah. Uh, and uh, you, were claiming, research. you were claiming you could uh, put out more matches in yeah. your mouth than she can. Yeah, it's very... Which I think might make this a regular... <laughs> well, I'd see who can do the most. So uh, uh, I think, hold on, there's some more. Over here, I've had some matches. Right, you won't have to go to the gym this week, will you? All that walking. I've already been today. I've done, uh, I've done 15 minutes running and 45 minutes cycling at the gym today. I'm laughing at me, you gold, gold. The only person laughing is the gold medal winner because he's going, yeah, I do that for, in, before breakfast. Everyone oh. else is really impressed. Did, what, what did you win the gold medal for? I don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's just a strange Charming. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, wanking and sucking his own cock. I can, do them, can, I can do? do them all. You can do them all? Yeah, yeah, no problem. We have to count them for the record. Yeah, yeah okay. We have to, three, four, seven. This is like, uh, you know, this could be reviewed. This program is like watching someone count matches. For, for, I've, I've lost count as well by talking. After this, I'll tell you my, my uh, Paralympian story, which I really like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if I'm still alive. I'm Let's alive. hope you die. Just do, uh, <laughs> Before we get to that. Let's do... Uh, I'll just do 20, though. There's, uh, t- there's 24 there. Okay. This will double the record set by Izzy Sooty. Oh, some of them are upside down. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you double it every time, you're going to be in trouble. We are. Exponential mathematics there, sir. That is sec. If we double it every time, we'll be in trouble. Well, buy my DVD, What is Love Anyway, to find out the... Uh, Terrible consequences of exponential mathematics. <laughs> and uh, Sean okay. Hughes is preparing for those only cheap enough to listen to this in audio. <laughs> He's preparing the 24 matches. He's taken the box. He has struck. The matches have flared up. Oh, yeah, it hasn't gone out. Oh! Oh, I don't know if it counts. 24 matches. He went in. He showed that he, well, there wasn't some magic match put out. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> mango. No, but it's actually it's just simple mathematics. So once you go into your mouth, no matter how big the flame is, the oxygen kills the flame, so it doesn't hurt. Don't ruin the magical illusion for the little kitty winks. It would be quite a good thing to do if you had just farted, because that gets rid of the smell of a fart, doesn't it? So you um, could do 24 matches at once. And that would destroy it all. Oh, I've lost my book. I don't know what to ask you now. That's no, but no, I just wanted to say, because, uh, like, with Ireland in the Olympics, we were so bad. We won, Ireland won one medal in the Olympics, and that's for a little girl punching people in the face. Uh, and she now does the tourist uh, ad for Ireland. Come to Ireland. <laughs> You're not leaving. But, but then in the Paralympics, we had this guy. He won the uh, Jason something or other, and he won the 100 and the 200 metres. Are you aware of this guy? They don't all know each other because he's just they got gold but medals. He might be They're slightly interested club. in sport, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you know the guy he's talking about? Oscar Pistorius, I think he's called. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> um, the advert for the tourism in South Africa is a lot worse. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, because but the thing is, he, he won the hundred meters in like something like ten point two seconds, which is like point three off the world record. And because uh, basically, I was embarrassed because I. Like, it was really bad, because there was nothing wrong with the guy. He had a wonky eye. <laughs> and he's like that guy, oh, I'm ready to go. And like, and, like, people in wheelchairs coming back two minutes later, and he's going, yeah, he's in laps of honour. And, uh, and then I, I talked about this on Irish television on the Late Late Show, and I did it. Yeah. And then, of course, this is what I love about... Uh, the reason I love Ireland can never live there ever again <laughs> is... Um, 
The Irish star the next day were up in arms with me, slagging off our hero, and insisted uh, that we uh, race each other for charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair race, all right. Uh, it was wonky, I go, because even when he won it at 10.3, he still had the cheek to do an interview. I was just going, oh, it was a tight one there, like, I, I nearly went into the other lane there with the wonky eye. <laughs> See, he'll be telling all it. I'll be, I'll be asked to do corporate stuff for sports now. <laughs> Luckily, I don't do corporate because I've got a soul, but, you know, they'll be asking. <laughs> so, look, I, well, this is what I did want to ask you about. We must get this in before it's too late. There's loads of things, actually. Um, but you, you knew Bill. You were, you, you were friends with Bill Hicks, yeah, or you friend, knew Bill Hicks? Well, yeah, I kind of... Uh, I, I was touring Australia. I was doing the Melbourne Festival years ago, and, and he was over there. And, uh, and it was that time there was a lot of Americans coming over and they were pretty bad they were doing yeah. that hey where are you from hey my kind of town there's a lot of that kind of uh, cabaret kind of stuff happening and, they, and there was no one going to see Bill nobody knew who he was and, and we had the same promoter and he said go in and see him and, and it was like it was really there was only about 50 people in, and the room had been papered just to get a crowd in so I went in and I wasn't expecting much and I just the second I saw him I just went oh god he's amazing because he, he's opening line and bearing in mind that most comics truly want people to love them the second they go on and his opening line was uh, you know to go out with a comedian takes a very special lady or a bunch of average ones how you doing <laughs> and I don't think it was a brilliant joke but why he was like he was alienating half the audience straight away and I love the fact that he went all the way to his back and I just thought he was, he was masterful I really did and so we just hung out for a couple of weeks right. uh, that time and actually in, in reflection that's when he, he had cancer but he didn't realise he had it oh god yeah but, um, yeah, he was taken way too young. It would be quite interesting to see uh, what he'd be talking about now. Because it's, it's just still... Comedy is such a powerful kind of instrument. There's still so few people using it properly. It's ridiculous. Mm. You said about him that um, uh, he be, being a genius is a heavy burden. He's the only one I'm likely to meet. So, well, at least I've yeah. proven that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, like, you know, he, he, he's a uh, good night, sweetheart stuff was shit. <laughs> he hadn't thought it through at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but genius, that word does get bandied around too much, though, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, but there, I guess he's one that be, keeps coming back to. There are, there, are, there are only, like, you know, you talk about Spike Milligan and Peter Cook and Bill who, Hicks. Who would be the person that you met that you... Was so I don't know, I've never meet. meet them. You know, I, I guess I was in Edinburgh at the same time as Bill Hicks, and I never, you know, no, that's no, the, just I keep missing it. I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I, Stuart Lee, isn't it? That's the best I can do. <laughs> He's tried to wank me off with a ventriloquist dummy. So, uh, did Bill Hicks ever try and sexually assault you? No, he didn't. So no, off. Stuart did, though. <laughs> um, well, you know, like, you know, he was great, actually. Does, but, like, I think there's a. Uh, yeah, there's still. I think the one thing, the only thing I've ever liked about fame is I've got to meet some people yeah. who I are big heroes of mine. And you're, you're seeing it when you meet them, it's like there's an equality there. It's great. Like, and it's weird meeting the likes of Morrissey and stuff. Like, you know, and that's uh, that was the, that's the only time I've been really starstruck. And it was really weird. First time I met him was uh, walking down Camden Road, and we were both aware of each other, but we'd never met. And uh, and he was with uh, Stephen Street, his record producer. With, they were doing whatever they were doing at the time. So we just stopped in the middle of the street and he says, uh, it was really awkward, oh, hi. And I was kind of shaking like that at that time. It kind of as shook up as you were in the gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, no, she's get your cock out. I want to know how Richard was feeling. And, uh, and so we went for a meal. And, uh, no, not, not for a meal, we went for a drink. And Morrissey, like, compared, you know, considering he's supposed to be such a witty guy, he just said this really shit line. We got to the bar and he went, I'll get the drinks in, I'm the richest. 
<laughs> You're a bit of a letdown in real life. <laughs> but I did that classic thing of, uh, of because I love them so much, I ended up talking to Stephen Street, who was, who was married to Kirsten McCullough. He okay. had been, and they just got divorced six weeks earlier, which I wasn't aware of. So I was just doing that classic thing, you know, that, that you do as a teenager, to, boys do to girls, just ignore the one you love. And I was, I was doing that tomorrow, so I was, I was ignoring the one I love and talking shit to Stephen. And, uh, and I just remember saying, like he was saying, uh, like I said, how's Kirsty? He says, it's her birthday today and I wasn't invited. And I, I swear, I just said to Morrissey, any plans to get married yourself, Morrissey? <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think he just said again, I'm the richest I can depict. Did you not hear me the first time? <laughs> Yeah, I tend not to drive. I tend not to meet people. The, the only place I make famous people is here, talking and sitting in that chair. So uh, on other weeks. So uh, it's. Uh... <laughs> but, do you know the? Because uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Bonnie Prince Billy. Do you know that singer? No. Do you guys know Bonnie Prince Billy? No, new it, schmoo. Yeah, too many people know him. So seriously, it, if you he did the theme to that. <laughs> um, but if you don't know, there's a song called "I See a Darkness" which Johnny Cash covered. But if you if you the iPod generation just download it, it's just the best song ever. But I remember I used to do a radio show for Great London Radio, and we used to have people like him in every week, and uh, and he sang to me this close. He sang that song "I See a Darkness," and uh, I did the research, and I realised the the night before he'd just done a gig where he'd handed out him sheet so he got people to sing hymns to him and, uh, and the rule in broadcasting is if, especially in that radio station if someone swears they're off the air straight away I was having the best time of my life and I just said uh, so buddy you had people singing hymns back to you last night what was that like he went fucking awesome <laughs> and thank you very much that's the end of the show and I was just so annoyed that you know I just uh, but I, I just love that especially like my passion probably more than comedy is music so just meeting a lot of those people was just amazing you met um, the lead singer of Right Said Fred didn't you a lot of times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be the co-captain on the Buzzcocks. I, uh, I watched the first episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Uh, right. Just for, as, as a research. Was he on it? He was on the first one. Right. You and him and uh, I can't remember who the other one on your team Phil was. Phil Jupiter's. Uh, well, Phil Jupiter's was yeah. on it. He's been on all of them. I know. Uh, yeah. And uh, the drummer from Dodgy was on. <laughs> what, I quite, what I quite like about... Uh, especially watching old episodes of the, of the Buzzcocks is the kind of lack of self-awareness of everyone on it because <laughs> there's that round where, the, where they have to you're sort of laughing at the fact that someone who was once famous is yeah, now yeah. forgotten I know, but then I if know. you watch old yeah. episodes of Nevermind the Buzzcocks that's basically 50% of no, the people on it I could I could probably go on the next uh, series of that in the uh, one of these guys are they now once? I, I used to sit there <laughs> Because that was the really, that was the only one that was truly improvised. So I used to really enjoy that round. But yeah. it was that ridiculous thing like they're all they're paid extras. Like the people who like, do extra work and they get paid something like forty quid. But they know like you're just going to stand there and people are going to take the piss out of you. But honest to God, like you know, you'd meet someone afterwards and they'd say, "If I ever meet you, I'm going to fucking put you lights out." <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Like, they're really scary people, like, you know? But also, I don't know if you're aware, um, God, there was, we had uh, one episode where we had Ja Wobble on, and, uh, and he was... I, I was the one who asked to get him in. Ja Wobble was in Pill. He was an old punk, and I used to love all my punk, and I got him in, and, uh, and beforehand, during the day, we, we all meet around three o'clock, and we go over the rounds, and then we have a bit of supper beforehand. And, and I'm chatting away to him, and, and then, because I, I, I cannot stand violence, and I know there's a famous story where him and Sid Vicious had, had hit a very famous journalist, Nick Kent, in the face with a bicycle chain yes. at, a, at a 
you know, an early pistols gig. And I just said, why did you do that? And he got really upset about that and then started swearing and, and getting really arsy. Right. And he said, you don't be so snidey to me. And I said, I think, he says, if you say another word, I'm going to punch you in the face. And I said, I think we're all a bit more grown up than that. And he slapped me across the face. <laughs> and I had to do the show with him, right? But they, they said, do you want him off? And I said, oh, just don't bother, let's do it. But I quite I remember, because Joe Brand, the psychiatric nurse, and she keeps on apologizing for not doing anything that day. And like, you know, we just there that night and I just, he was by my side, just kind of going, you know, just that was one of the most. Did you have to do the intros round with him? Was he guessing or were you singing to, with him? I just had to do. Yeah, yeah, I had to sing with him and everything. Just the whole thing it was a horrible night actually, because I just violence just really disturbs me. Yeah. Have you ever been hit? Uh, yeah, a few times. <laughs> it sounded like it was going to be a song. Times. Yeah, a few times. I, well, I had, but the last time I had a fight was when I uh, just before I turned forty, and it was um, at the end of one of my tours. I did a big routine about this, but it was, uh, I'd finished the tour and I'd, I'd met, very unusually, some girls from the gig had wanted to go to the bar with me and was getting on well with these girls. And then this guy came and sat down at the table and he, they were all very affable, but he was a bit drunk. And um, they were chatting away, but then, then he, he took exception to one of, the, one of the things one of the girls had said and tried to kick her in the head. Really? <laughs> uh, which uh, luckily he missed, but it's, I felt that was unacceptable. <laughs> she hadn't done anything that bad. And so all his friends dragged him out of the, of the, of the bar but then he waited outside the bar for us to come out and he sort of went for the girls again and I kind of said, you know, get, get back. And then he said, and you're a cunt as well and punched me, tried to punch me in the head. And then I kind of, I, this, I never do this, I would always walk away and I wasn't even that drunk. But I, uh, I kind of had a fight with him. But oh, he, he was a university lecturer. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, we had this kind of ridiculous fight where I ended up getting my shirt ripped, but we hardly punched. And we got one good punch in, which felt amazing. I've never punched anyone really. Like, felt I'm... amazing, but we just basically did all this windmilling and missing each other. And then he dragged away and the police arrived and they said, do you want us to charge him? And I said, no. And then I was really humiliated because I've been getting on board with these girls and I had my shirt ripped. And I just got in a cab, so I'm going to go. And they were going, oh, don't go now. So I'm going, going. Got, got in this cab and the taxi driver who'd been on the rank and seen the whole thing in Liverpool said, that was the funniest fight I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> that's probably why I've never had a fight. I've yeah. been so bad. So I've been, you know, there's been a couple of these, but I've always just had those kind of useless, you know. Because you probably, same as me, you get a lot of that, uh, oh, you're a bit cheeky, how many times have people slapped you in the face? Yeah. But, you know, it just doesn't happen really. No, it does doesn't it? really happen. I think, but, you know, I think, I, but I was thinking about the other day, because when, when you were young, you used to fear that. If you were out on the streets and you were 20, you were worried that some guy would just take obsession to you, even well, though it didn't really happen, just punch you in the face. But once you get to 40, you kind of don't worry. Well, sort of a, the worry invisible. now is I always worry the only thing I worry about is like a bunch of 12 year olds beat me up because <laughs> yeah. I know they, they're well capable of doing it and that would be humiliating like you know yeah. but if you were 12 at the time you go oh, that's power Cause, but, but in the 70s people used to just punch you around the place anyway yeah. all the time things have so changed now well it's very violent the punk it was very violent around the punk movement wasn't it because they were getting yeah, beaten think, up themselves weren't yeah, they yeah but I don't think it was to do with punk or politics it was just like you know in the 70s people just to slap each other around yeah, the maybe. face <laughs> well they didn't like if you were different you know if you did anything weird so so things have things have changed have gone on a long way really from there because hope Johnny so, Rotten used to get just beaten up in the street all yeah, the time yeah but he still wasn't it like some goths murdered a couple of years ago for no reason as yeah, well yeah that's true so it still happens no like. of course it does yeah yeah and Muslims as well look different to some people and they are attacked. seriously yeah. what, what do they look like I've never seen I one. don't know <laughs> they're in disguise a lot of the time so you can't <laughs> can't, can't really see them <laughs> <laughs> there we are. I, I haven't asked you. Uh, 
Ever, have you ever thought about joining the English Defence League? <laughs> I was just trying out a little... But the, the little taster question, you see, didn't go, hold on, I'm going to stand up to that, so... No, the weird thing is, like, uh, when, when I was growing up in Ireland, my, one of my musical heroes was... Uh, I always really liked really posh English guys, and for some reason, Julian Cope was always... Uh, like, you know, and this is the time when, like, there was a lot of beef between our two countries, so we were supposed to despise everything that was British. And I, I was the one in my dress... Oh, in my dressing room, Jesus Christ. In my dressing room at home. Where are you going? He's going off to... He's going to make a bomb. He's off to make a nuclear bomb to end all of this. He can do it. Didn't you have enough walking on the Great Wall of China? <laughs> but I'm He's going to find another wall. I've fed up with this. Get on, get on a wall. You didn't even bring this with you. <laughs> but I've always liked really... Uh, Oddly, very British things, actually. Yeah. Like, like Oscar Wilde, who is Irish as well. He's the most... Are you saying you were like Oscar Wilde or no. that you like Oscar Wilde? No, I... I'm very like Oscar Wilde. Um, I'm very like Oscar Wilde, uh, weight-wise now. <laughs> uh, have you seen his... Because uh, I was in Paris last week and I did the whole... I, I like going to the cemeteries. Yeah. Because they've got all these covered up now, so people can't kiss it anymore. But I, the, my favourite one is uh, Samuel Beckett's Buried in Paris. And it quite literally just goes, Sammy Becker and the year. Yeah. And it takes you fucking ages to find it. Because there's, <laughs> there's no flowers or anything. Which Did I think someone break... This? There's a sphinx on Oscar Wilde's grave... And did some someone broke some? I think like the, there was genitals on it, and someone broke off the penis off the, the um, sphinx. Am I right? Anyone know if that's no. correct? Yes, there you go, Wikipedia. Tell. I've been reading a lot about death. I've never been to that uh, particular graveyard. But, well, no, it's, uh, it's, Jim Morrison's there. Yeah, there was so a couple of graffiti German Depeche Mode fans having a little <laughs> visual by it. Honestly, it was just... And they, they'd kind of gotten a little uh, car word, love, and took a picture of themselves by Jim Morrison. Just <laughs> grow up, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Edith uh, Piet is there as well, yeah. by a real name as well. What's her real name? I've forgotten. It's just not either. Isn't it? What? What's the PS name? Does anyone know? She's forgotten. Yeah, she's a little sparrow anyway. But um, but but yeah. But uh, what I love about Oscar Wilde is the the Irish government have put a protection thing on and just saying you know just protect the memory of Oscar Wilde. I'm thinking, God, you did nothing for him when he was alive. How dare you do it now? <laughs> it's not the same people. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's a very Big old time bloke lords. very old bloke <laughs> um, I've got, it's all I've that got, I, I can't go to this finish the series without asking you this very important question which may never be asked again probably will be if you had to choose between having a hand made out of ham you alright? Yeah. <laughs> he's quick but he can't be that quick does that do it I guess the nuclear fusion could mm, who's been eating mango <laughs> it smells worse than shit I know it's yeah. just mm. I think I might have to shit on the stage in order to get rid of the which is a call back to last week, uh, and then get uh, some people to sing some Queen songs on the other side of it. But um, would you? Thank you. Call back. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, if you had to choose between having a hand made out of, made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream, I've got like really um, chemical mango in the back Sorry of my throat. That. I've never had to ask this question with chemical mango attacking my vocal cords. That's what the I'm Americans feel like used slightly to nauseous. Be quite a good end to the season. If I asked that question and just threw up on you. If you had to choose between having a hand made out of ham, I feel really sick. Or a, 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 it's like you with cheese. Yeah, I found the one thing I've learned. The one thing that can kill me. This is my kryptonite. Mango mist. Um, well, I'm. Uh, I'm Handmade of ham or You can ask some other questions if you don't think you've had enough information. Well, no. It's a, well, I'm vegetarian, so I don't really want me anywhere near me. You really. could feed uh, other people with the handmade out of ham. Yeah, but I don't really. I don't like. Then it wouldn't be. You wouldn't be killing I, any animals. And I don't would push a, my principles onto other people, but I still would rather people didn't. It's, nothing's me. died. Nothing's died for it. I think you find they did. You're just being. Kind I'm of, not. Uh, it's so your hand would grow ham. No hand. It's not like someone comes in and says, "Right, we've got some ham off a pig. Let's craft yeah, that into a hand." That'd be a ridiculous situation. Your it's a situation where your hand would just transform into ham no animal would be killed it would be your own hand if you ever bite your own fingernails or... is this an episode of Goodbye Sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you're being naive of course it comes from uh, it comes it, from it a pig. Is, I'm not being naive I know what happens to that ham and that ham what? don't ever accuse me of being naive <laughs> especially when it comes to hands made out of ham no one has thought about this as much as I have but no, I, I'm not buying the. Just you don't have to buy them, it's free. It just would be automatically be just handy. And if you ate a bit, or if you, if you gave, if you feel queasy about eating ham that is your own human flesh, then you could just feed some poor children with it. Just I'd, go out. I'd rather give them maize. some dogs or something. Give them uh, maize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can change, change, change the question to something else. change the question. That is the seminal... That is the question that made Stephen Fry admit that he tried to kill himself. That is... How did that come eventually? about? <laughs> no, you're right. How did you get that out of him, though? Uh, I asked a, 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 a Welsh child... Hey, Steve, ever tried to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that since. Yes. It doesn't work so well. A Welsh child... I'll ask you, the, I'll ask you a version of the, the question that okay. Ben Evans asked. 12-year-old question. What is it like being Sean Hughes. Let's watch it. The fuse has been lit. <laughs> Freaky. Um, oh, humble, humble. <laughs> See that hand ham would put yeah. out because it's slightly damp it's, kind of it? it's got that kind of stone scissors ham. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it's... Just a, for the completists, it's, our, it's an armpit of sun cream then that you're going for. Because there's people who'll be putting that up on a website. So if we, don't, we don't want to get to no answer because that would be embarrassing. No, well, yeah, no but, answer given. All right. Um, so yeah, but then can, we'll go back to what's it like being Sean Hughes in a well, second. It's very much like both questions are quite similar. To yeah. Be um, so it's like having a hand made it. <laughs> well, it's like that you don't want over and yeah. over. My life is like someone coming up to me who I quite like coming up to me going, "What would you rather?" <laughs> A uh, made out of ham. Um, but see, the thing is also the thing about armpits is um, it's that's that's where your actual proper smell comes. Your wife probably fell in love first with that smell. Yeah. So. No, but, but that is true. Like that's where you that, that is your proper smell, and that's what makes you an individual. So it's kind of uh, my you, wife you smell actually quite, uh, mangoey, mate. Yeah. My wife, the top of her head smelled so nice. 
when I first met her, it doesn't smell like it anymore. Well, what does it, what does it smell like? It just Your smells sperm. so good. <laughs> Before. <laughs> Before. Cheers, love. That was lovely. <laughs> My sperm is still creeping towards that. You'll have no, to come back in 10,000 years' time and then the sperm will have reached her head. Was uh, it a shampoo, though? No, it just... It was, there was a real... Whenever I smelt top of head, there was just a real... You know, just like a pheromone smell that just, yeah. just, was just gorgeous. And you couldn't really describe it to us No, at all. not really. Not very helpful. No. But you'll know, when you smell... When you smell the top of a woman's head... It's a bit like the Cinderella story, except Prince Charming's going around sniffing people. Can I, smell, can I sniff you a second? If you just go around sniffing women in the head, and then when you go, hey, that's a nice smell, I'm going with this one. That's yeah. nature at work. Well, but, but you're, I, I want, I want, so I want armpits to have natural smells, so you're going to have... Well, like, when it'd be, but no, you know, it's not like it would smell of sun cream. There would be a yes, valve. it would. It would be a valve. It would be, that would be probably... A valve? You never mentioned a valve. <laughs> you didn't ask. You didn't know, but you other people really, say... How many times do you ask this question? You haven't even thought it through. <laughs> I have. Other people say, how does the sun cream get distributed? How is it uh, encased in the armpit? There's a valve, like, in a, you know, when you, get, when you blow up a rubber ring yeah. uh, that you go in, a, in the swimming pool with, and yeah. then you push... The, you couldn't have you said push, a balloon. You, you couldn't have said the, a balloon. No, because it isn't like a balloon. It's like in a rubber ring where you, put, you blow it up and then the thing sticks out, but you push it back into the balloon so yeah. it doesn't stick out. That yeah. and then the skin closes over that, yeah, and grows over it until you want it again. When you just sort of peel it apart and then pull out the stop, and then <laughs> obviously that is what happens. Right. But if you need that explained to you, then yeah, that is no, what happens. Yeah. So your armpit would still smell of you. Right. So and also your other armpit would still smell of you. So if you're trying point. to get off with people, just put that armpit right. up to them. Go yeah. have a sniff in there, and then do you want to go on holiday? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've, you've, you've absolutely sold it to me now, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, good. So, armed it. Yeah. Sun cream for Sean Hughes for the man compiling. And so what? That so website. So it just it just someone says you can have like you can't have unlimited. You're not like magic. Right. It's not like it's not like a, gen, a sun cream genie. You can. Right. You choose. Some, at the beginning, when it well, gets, so it's going to be an empty canister in your body for the rest no, of your life. No, it's like in a gland or something. But it's like it's like so a gland would produce. Sun cream. Oh, but you have to choose the factor yeah, but, at the beginning. You can't change factors. Yeah, but no. But if if, and, the, if the glands produce now, why is the gland all of a sudden not producing? Because the only at work. Because the glands don't, as you've discovered, don't produce an endless supply of stuff. It takes in the gland of your testicles. If you kept on wanking off, you wouldn't just be able to get spunk coming out all the time. Eventually, dust and stuff comes out at the end, and you have to have a little rest. Yeah, and but, then but, the next day it comes out again. That's I mean. So that's so the same. Would... So you get enough to get, you know, a couple of bottles a year. I reckon you'd get out of there. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm estimating. I don't know. I haven't done. Uh, what, what, I haven't done uh, scientific what, what survey. What size of bottle? What size of bottle? The medium sort of size bottle. That, but it costs about still 25 quid for just like the med, not the big one, not the little so tiny like, one. It's that, like no, 50 quid there all the yeah, time. Yeah, 50 right? quid a year. Yeah, yeah it's like. But the ham is endless. Is it endless? The ham is endless. Well, the ham, if you eat it, it'll take some time to grow back as well. It's like, it's like nature. It's not magic. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I thought it was more magic. There's no, no magic oh. involved in this. Okay. It's nature. It's right. nothing more natural in this okay. world than a man with either. You can't have never... There's never been someone with both, and it will ne- that will never happen. It's either mm. a hand made of ham or an armpit. What is it like being Sean Hughes? Um... <laughs> Just like I take each day as it comes, really. 
Sometimes it's fine, sometimes it's not so fine. And then tell us more about the not fine. Well, <laughs> was, they're not so fine. Most of the time I try to kill myself. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I decided I was going to put my head in an oven and I was going to go through with it. And then I had my head in the oven and then I went, God, this smells of chips. And I thought, <laughs> I'll just have some chips before I die. And I just kept on looking for excuses and yeah. I'm still smelling chips, basically. So that's what it's like being me. It's just smell chips every so often. No. I think good. life's all right. Not as good as uh, Stephen Fry's. Yeah, well, it's not as good, not as likely to get me on the telly. That is, you say you know a lot of things, and that makes you a good guest because you know stuff. But do you know this? How many different chemicals are there in a carrot? In a how many different chemicals are there in a carrot? How many chemicals in make a carrot? It, in a carrot. Um, has the, does a carrot dispense ham? No, it's a regular. This is just a regular question about a carrot. And if you don't know the answer, in the in in the carrot or what's been sprayed on it, and there's no on the natural carrot. How many chemicals are in? What does yeah, it, but like, does, does what, how many chemicals make up a carrot? Yeah, like the, you're made of chemicals. The, the tip well. of the tip of the carrot is overground, so it can have other chemicals in it, just from the way we pollute this the is, air. This is an, an organically grown. Carrot. Yeah, but it's still, well, the tip of it. Don't be... know the answer, do you? You don't. No, you're don't. trying to pay course, for time while you're trying to. Of course, I don't know the answer. I'm not pretending. But if you don't know that, then how can we listen to anything else you say? Um, no, that's a very valid yeah, point. What, what is so the answer? Discount. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really listen to anything else. Like, is a camera like? John Lloyd just asked me, and I said, I, I, I said one. And he said, no, it's not one. It's loads more than that. And so then he, that, was, he, that was his argument as to why he didn't have to listen to any of my arguments about why there wasn't a God and stuff, because I didn't, I didn't even know how many chemicals there were in a carrot, and that is the question. So but you got to talk to he got to talk to you about God, and I got to talk to you about <laughs> goodbye, sweetheart, yeah. whatever it's called. Good night, sweetheart. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> I was just thinking that would be the name of your one. Goodbye, at least, sweetheart. At least listen if you're going to come on the show. Um, I will. I'll try. I'll <laughs> it's try. good. Um, well, no, we've nearly. Can you? Have you got? Have you brought your guitar along to sing? To yeah, sing okay. this? Can I sing a song in Irish? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, 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 one place I played uh, last year, which I've never played before, is Lincoln. Have you ever played there? I have played Lincoln. It's fucking weird, isn't it? There's yeah, there's some weirdness. Yeah. I had two guys uh, sit in the front of the show all the way through, just going, oh, this is fucking... <laughs> Not heckling, just going, it's fucking... <laughs> and I thought, because it's an interval, I thought they'll leave at the interval, and, like, you know, and it's kind of slightly upsetting, <laughs> but they're waiting for the whole second hour. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, fucking... For the whole thing, and then at the end, didn't applaud, just when everyone else went, hey! <laughs> That's always, but the, why I wanted to mention Lincoln is because uh, this, is, this is how my brain works. This is what it's like to be Sean. You said, what's okay. it like to be me? And then, no, no, you didn't. What you said is, have I got my guitar? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I immediately thought of when I was listening to last week's podcast, yeah. how you said that to Izzy. Yeah. And, uh, and how she started singing that song in Welsh yeah. and I thought oh I, I'll do it in Irish so that's how my brain worked yeah, and then my brain good. went to oh I'll tell you a story about Lincoln Prison <laughs> yeah. uh, which is to do with the Irish language and it's because uh, 
our, our first uh, Taoiseach, which is, you know, Prime Minister, was Eamon de Valera, and he was in prison in Lincoln uh, Prison just in the 1920s, so it's still a working prison now. And when I found this out, I just went, oh, my God, because I, I, I asked people on Twitter, what should I do in Lincoln? They said, that's where Eamon de Valera was. So I went there, and the first time, I'm just outside going, oh, my God, it's amazing. This and the security guy's going, sorry, mate, what are you doing? I'm just going, this is amazing, isn't it? And I think I'm trying to get someone out. And, uh, and then I kind of, it must have looked a bit weird, just <laughs> I get very excited outside this prison, and there was no one you know, waiting to come out. And so, but then I found out how he escaped. Bizarrely, quite literally, was the key in a cake, which you think is just bullshit. But that's how they did it. But how they got the instructions in is a lot of Irish people used to wait outside the prison wall and sing songs in Irish. So the English guards were just going to have a load of piss heads. But they were actually giving them the instructions in Irish. They're going, and the key will be in the cake. Oh, the cake. And the key will be, the key will be in the cake. Oh, so what an amazing bit of history, Lincoln House. So there's my, there's my song to finish. That was lovely, that was beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Thank you. Cheers, thank you. You've been listening to Richard Herring's Left to Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Sean Hughes. The music you're listening to was by Pest. Why don't you buy their album from the internet? I expect you can do that. Yeah, thank you very much to Orange Mark, everyone at the British Comedy Guide, and Aaron, Orange Aaron, doesn't get any orange, at the British Comedy Guide for putting all this up on the internet for us. Thanks to Chris Evans, not that one, uh, or the one from the Avengers. It's just the Welsh one. Yeah, he is uh, with his team at Go Faster Strike, who have filmed it. You can get that from Go Faster Strike slash podcasts. Uh, it was produced by Ben Walker, who produces Do the Right Thing and Puppies Flash Air Slam. Now, why don't you listen to those on the internet as well? Catch up. There's some great stuff there. And it is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Strike production. How do you like them Sky Potatoes? Not very much. I prefer Earth Potatoes. Thank you, that's the end of the series. I hope you've enjoyed those 15 hours of free podcast, you cheap fuckers. Why don't you buy something? Why don't you? You haven't bought anything. What's wrong with you? Go and buy some stuff to make up for all the work we've put into this. Go to gofasterstripe.com where you can get uh, video versions of all these podcasts or my DVDs of all my other live shows. Talking Cock will be out very soon. Uh, the brand new DVD. You can also get my books there. You can get tickets to my Edinburgh show. We're all going to die from pleasance.co.uk. That will be eight o'clock every night at the Pleasance Beyond during the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm also doing Richard Channing's Edinburgh Fringe podcast every day except the 12th at Stand One at 2.10 p.m. My producer, Ben will be producing Do the Right Thing, which is at the Pleasance for four days during the festival. Go to pleasance.co.uk to find out what those four dates are and then go and see it because it is good. I'll just spread the word about all this stuff to your friends. We're going to be back in September with some more. We've got some very exciting guests already penciled in. So do listen in if you can. And thank you very much for your support. We're going to miss you. Have a good summer.